In this week's market update, the stock market rally quickly runs out of steam as investors shift their focus from interest rates to earnings growth. Well, was that it? After the previous week's 7% rally for US stocks, normal service was resumed last week. Stronger than expected jobs data reinforced the case for higher interest rates and the S&P 500 ended the week with a 1.6% fall to finish the week 1.2% lower. Tech stocks, which benefit from lower interest rates, were harder hit still, down 2.5% on the day and 1% lower for the week as a whole. So that makes eight weeks out of nine that the US market has fallen. A reminder that bear markets are often punctuated by short-lived rallies that get investors' hopes up but quickly run out of steam. The non-farm payrolls figures that prompted Friday's slide showed 390,000 new jobs added last month. Although that was lower than the 436,000 for April, it was much better than expectations of 325,000. And, as is sometimes the case in stock markets, that good news was bad news for investors. Markets had rallied the previous week on flimsy hopes that a weakening economy would allow the Fed to rein back its interest rate tightening programme. The ongoing strength of the underlying economy makes that hope seem more forlorn this week. We're back to thinking that the Fed will keep the pressure up until it's confident it's squeezed inflation out of the system. So that means investors are back to worrying about the impact on growth and in particular on corporate earnings. They're right to be concerned because earnings growth is what is keeping the market's head above water right now. So far, so good with expectations of 10% growth in profits this year and again next year, still just about intact. But with growing cost pressures and higher interest rates squeezing demand too, beneath the surface individual company forecasts are being pulled back. Perhaps it's only a matter of time before the aggregate numbers start to shrink. This matters because the other key determinant of stock market levels, valuation multiples, look to have stabilised, having fallen from around 23 times expected earnings to 16 times over the past year, they've returned to something like fair value. As long as the economy doesn't worsen, they might be expected to remain at this level, but it's unlikely that they'll head higher again anytime soon. So put together slowing earnings growth and flat valuations and you have a recipe for a sideways moving market at best, but with the risk skewed to the downside. History confirms this view. US stocks have paused for breath on the brink of a bear market, having fallen by 20% from their recent peak. But if you look at the long-run history of market corrections, you can see 15 bear markets since the 1920s, with a median drop of 34%, over a period of 17 months. In three quarters of these, 11 out of the 15, there was a pause after the market had fallen by 15 to 20% with a small reversal of direction before the drop resumed. What makes a case for further falls is the fact that the Fed is unlikely to ride to the rescue this time. Whenever the market has fallen by around 20% and then recovered in the past, It's been because the Fed has intervened, easing monetary policy to reassure investors. Because of the threat of inflation, however, that's unlikely this time round, unless there's evidence that we're sliding into recession. And if we are, then that, of course, would be bad news for shares too.
So the bottom line is that earnings need to come through at the expected 10% or so to justify the current market level. If earnings were to flatline instead, while the market valuation remained unchanged at 16 times earnings, then the S&P 500 could easily fall to 3,500 from today's level of roughly 4,000. Needless to say, a fall in earnings would imply an even lower level. So a good time to be well diversified and invested in high quality companies that can withstand a tricky economic landscape ahead. Now, with five months behind us in 2022, what does the leaderboard look like in terms of sectors and assets? Well, top of the list so far this year is commodities, unsurprising with oil above $120 a barrel again. Gold and cash are second and third, with value shares filling out the rest of the top five. At the other end of the table, we can see bonds, growth shares and Bitcoin. Bonds have suffered because they dislike high inflation and rising interest rates. Growth shares also fare badly when rates and yields are rising because it affects the present day value of their future earnings streams. Bitcoin, which has led the pack for much of the past decade, has shown itself to be less of an alternative currency and the inflation hedge and more of a risky asset, doing well when optimism is high and falling when there's more to worry about. It's a pretty quiet week on the corporate front with almost no company earnings reports to focus on. Wizz Air will be worth a look as delays and cancellations continue to cast a shadow on our return to overseas holidays. While it's wrong to extrapolate from what remains limited disruption, the headlines of stranded tourists are bad news for an industry that's struggling to get back to normal. Wiz said this week that its traffic in May was five times higher than in the same month last year. And finding the staff to handle that kind of increase is proving harder than expected. On the economic front, there are a few things to keep an eye on. The OECD presents its latest assessment of the global economy on Wednesday, putting some numbers on the anecdotal evidence of slowing activity on the back of war in Ukraine and lockdowns in China. Now, on that front, there has finally been some good news with Shanghai reopening after a two-month shutdown and Beijing restarting public transport in most districts and lifting restrictions on restaurants. China's success in stamping out COVID has been acquired with a high economic price tag. A survey of the country's services sector this week showed a contraction in activity in May. The Kaishin Purchasing Managers Index came in at 41.4 for the month. That's well below the 50 level that separates growth from slowdown. May's decline was actually the second worst since February 2020, when China was battling its first COVID outbreak. Now, how that feeds through into stock markets will be interesting in the weeks and months ahead. China was one of the worst performing stock markets at the start of the year, down 17% in the first quarter. But braver investors are betting that the worst is over and the CSI 300 index is currently 9% higher than at its April low point. Closer to home, attention will be focused on the European Central Bank, the only one of the big rate setters to be announcing policy this week. With inflation running at record levels in Europe too, it's going to be hard to explain why rates should remain on hold this week. 
but that is what is expected. The reason is that the ECB has said it will hold off on raising rates from their current minus 0.5% until it has stopped buying bonds. And that means the first rate rise will probably be at the July 21st meeting. And the only question is how much the rise will be. Like the Fed, it could be looking at a 0.5% rise rather than the business as usual quarter point hike that we've got used to in recent years. The final piece of market moving economic data this week will most likely be Friday's inflation number out of the US. Having seen a modest fall in inflation last month to an annual rate of 8.3%, the hope is that there'll be another fall this time to confirm a peak in price rises from their 40-year high. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.